may not look like much. She's got it where it counts, kid. This is the Millennial Falcon. I'm Josh. And I am John. And welcome to the Falcon. <laughs> uh, we're going to figure out the best thing that we can say for an intro. We, we will later. get better. We, we will, will get, get better. better. Um, <laughs> hey, I didn't tell you this until we started recording, yeah. but my coworker uh, has been bugging me to let him listen to our podcast for a while. So oh, really? I, I gave him the link. He listened to episode one and he liked it. Oh, that's good. He liked it. He's like, I think you guys are just being a little hard on yourself. Yeah. Well, I you got to start somewhere. Is he? Is what he? What yeah. He, what I his, do think our first saying. episode was pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, hello, John's friend. <laughs> uh, so today, what are we talking about, John? We are doing our review of Star Wars: Attack of the Clones, Episode Two. Two. Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. That sounds so much cooler when I say it. That sounds ridiculously cool. Wow, I know. Ridiculously I know, I know. cool. All right, yeah, we're talking about Attack of the Clones. Um, for if you haven't heard us talk about Star Wars before, um, I grew up on Star Wars. So I have nostalgia. Yeah. I have nostalgic bias towards Star Wars. I didn't necessarily grow up on the original trilogy. I watched them, of course, but like my Star Wars is the prequels like if i were to say like that's my star wars it's the prequels so technically my star wars would be the the sequels, sequels. that's what they call them wow yeah. that's okay that just made me feel old my that those are my star wars you didn't even watch any of them in theaters no. though the first time i did watch revenge revenge of the sith in theaters actually oh really but that okay. was the only one i'd ever seen before okay. i'd never seen any other one my buddy wanted to go watch it so i went with him and i liked it but i'm like i have no idea idea what's going on so you watched all the star wars movies for like the first time like a couple years ago right yeah 2019 christmas break yeah i got real into them i think you i think i remember what i did was i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna watch a movie franchise over christmas and you were like you should watch star wars yeah so turns out one of them was in theaters at the time so i watched all of them last night i finished one and then i went right from i turned my tv off and then i went straight to the theater and watched the next one Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So you're, it was uh, episode nine was still in theaters? You saw that in theaters? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know you saw that one in theaters. Okay. No. That's cool. All right. Well, today we're talking about episode two. So, some fun facts. Oh, also. Yes. Because you were saying that. I'm Well, we already just made, notice, made mention of the fact that I'm a newbie. So yeah. I'm here like I have questions. I have limited knowledge and you are <laughs> our de facto expert today. I am a Star Wars fanboy, I suppose you could call me. I do collect Star Wars starships. Nerd! <laughs> I'm a nerd. Um, like, I don't know. I'm not, like, a geek in the sense of, like, I know what all the planets are called. And I know all these different, like, meticulous details about the films. But I'm a fan. Yeah. I love Star Wars. Nice. Um, box office. Let's talk box office. So, can you guess how many in millions of dollars did the domestic box office make take a wild guess i'm gonna say oh boy i have no idea i'm gonna throw out a keeping in mind i'm gonna throw out a real random guess and just say like 25 
that real 25 low? million. Is that real low or is that's that real really high? low? Okay. <laughs> that's super low. Is it three digits? Oh yeah. Okay. One one forty five. No. More? Double that. What? So three ten. Whoa. Like, that is more keep than in double. mind, like the top like five grossing movies of all time are all like over a billion. Okay. See, this is the thing. I don't box office numbers don't really mean a lot to me. <laughs> like, um, like, and this is this is also this is another thing to consider. This is the lifetime of the movie, so this isn't like mm-hmm. opening day. This is like lifetime. So, oh, okay, that's where I always get confused. Yeah, domestic box always... office, like they call it. Like, so this is how much movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, how much movie? How, how much, much movie has it made? That movie hmm. made while it was in the box office. So, uh, while it was in theaters. So, $310 million domestic worldwide, 656 So, quite a lot. This was this was pretty good. This is this is up there. I'm glad it wasn't 666 because then we'd have yeah, a problem. Yeah, then it would be the devil, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, that's, that's such a dumb joke. <laughs> All right, let's talk about. Uh, do you want to just like get into like what are some of like your favorite moments from the film? You had some some like fun fun facts, right? I do have some other stuff, uh, but it's probably will like fit better if we get to some other like yeah? plot okay. points of the film first. Um, so, what are what's what's some of like your favorite moments from the film then? Okay. Well, let's look through my notes. Chronologically, one of the first things that I found really, really funny was um, right after Padme gets attacked the first time in her room, Anakin and Obi-Wan like race in their cruiser, or what is it? Their speeder? Is it a cruiser Uh, or is it a speeder? What's it called? Like when they jump out the window? Mm -hmm. I don't know what you call it. It's like a space car. (laughs) It's not really a cruiser or a speeder. The space Corvette. Maybe it is called a speeder. I don't know. I'm just going to call it the Space Corvette. <laughs> anyway, when Anakin just jumps out all out of the blue, just jumps out of the thing and just is like free falling and, Anakin, yeah. and and Obi-Wan's like, I hate it when he does that. Yeah. Like I just thought that was so funny because it really like it solidifies the relationship of like mm-hmm. Jedi Master to Padawan. Yeah. Like, hey, you're still learning and you're kind of getting on my nerves mm-hmm. and I'm, kinda, I'm training you, but you're real annoying at the same time. Mm-hmm. That, like that sets up the relationship they carry through this mo- throughout the rest of the movie so well. One thing that I noticed about this film, which of like I mean, of course, I've always noticed this, but there's actually a lot of time that passes between episode one and episode two. Yeah, it's like ten years. Yeah, something like that. Like mm-hmm. it's a decent amount of time. I mean, Anakin is in his late teens, probably. I looked that up. In this movie, he's supposed to be nineteen. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. And the other one, he was like, tw- well, maybe maybe it's not exactly 10 years because I looked it up for Phantom Menace and he was supposed to be like 12, I think. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think it was quite 10. I, I thought it was like over five. Yeah. So it's five, five to eight years, something. Yeah. Like something that. like that. But a decent amount of time. So like they have like, you know, Obi-Wan's been training Anakin for like half a decade or more mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah, there, there's all this uh, history that we don't know. Because mm-hmm. it's not in any of the shows, not in any yeah. of the movies or anything. There's all this stuff that happened. Like, also, uh, another interesting thing is Anakin's relationship with Palpatine. All of a sudden, because, like, at the very end of episode one, if you'll remember, uh, Palpatine goes to Anakin when, like, they're giving them the awards and they're having a celebration or whatever. Um, or wait, maybe it wasn't at this moment. 
At some moment in the film, he says, we'll be watching your career with like great interest or whatever. I, I think I think that's I think the line. I, I very vaguely remember that. Major prequel memers are going to be really upset at me for not getting that line right. But it's like, we'll watch your career with great interest, something like that. Um, so like, obviously, that's like kind of the start of like Anakin and Palpatine mm-hmm. and stuff. Because like, you know, for people that don't know the names very well, Palpatine becomes Darth Sidious. Palpatine is the Supreme Chancellor right now. Mm-hmm. So like he's like the main dude in Is that the his court. role in the beginning of this movie too? Yeah. yeah he's already he gets Supreme. all the control they, in the world. They uh, elect him Supreme Chancellor by the end of episode one. Yes, that is right. So he's Supreme Chancellor of the Republic and stuff. So, um, But it's interesting because like Anakin and Palpatine are like walking through the halls and stuff and they're talking about, oh yeah, you're like such one of the most powerful Jedi I've ever seen. And stuff like I, I think like they're holding you back or whatever. Essentially, is what Palpatine's telling Anakin. And it's like that's in Episode what? One, right? No, that's in that's this in... episode. Yes. Okay. Episode two. I thought you were still. That's why I was confused. I thought you were talking oh, about Episode One. I got you. no. No, we're back. Sorry, I'm back to current Episode Two now. <laughs> um, I just found it interesting how yeah. it's like what has happened all these years that they've that, become this close. You don't really get a lot of Anakin and Palpatine in this movie, though, do you? There's a few scenes, not a whole lot. Because I know from what I remember of this movie, because it's been a, it's been at least a few years since I watched Revenge of the Sith. I always felt like you don't really get a lot. You get like the first episode and second episode kind of lay a, a groundwork yes. for their relationship. Yes. But the third one is where you like get real into it. And oh, there's yeah. even like, well, there's some hints of of Anakin that you like. You'll see there's some lines that he says, like one specifically where he says is. I promise you, I will even learn to stop people from dying. Yes. Where in the second, in the third one, that's what Palpatine uses yes. to really get his hooks into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The third one's definitely oh. all about their relationship. Oh. I do want to talk a lot about Anakin's character development this morning. Oh, so do I. <laughs> I got lots of things yeah. to say about him. <laughs> yeah. I have a list of things that Anakin has said that I have. Anakin being creepy quotes. <laughs> okay. Listen, let me just get this out of the way right now. Yes. Anakin and Padme. Uh-huh. Like this, like the way it's written, you're supposed to believe that they are in love. Mm-hmm. But Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen do not have chemistry. No. I don't I don't buy them together. I feel like he is creepily obsessed with her. Yeah. And she's like, dude. Stop. Yeah. You need it. Like, she literally says, you're making me uncomfortable. Yes. Yes, he literally says that. Like, And he um, did, he's the <laughs> creepy frat bro dude guy mm-hmm. that just will not leave her alone. Yeah. And I just, he, it, like, this majority of this movie, he's either frustrating me or he's mm-hmm. giving me the ick. Yeah. Or I'm like, dude, you're, you're already gone. Anakin is basically a whiny teenager. Now I wrote that down <laughs> in my notes. Thank you for that. Like father, like son, Luke is also a whiny teenager. What about the to power be fair. converter? Yes. So Luke is also a whiny teenager. So there is kind of a trend here. And let's be honest, teenagers can be whiny. So I wonder if Hayden Christensen tried to deliberately play into that as an homage. I was wondering if he was there's given more, some direction to do that. Because yeah. there's more Luke and Luke and Anakin like. There's a lot of similarities. Similarities. Like yeah, even the at the end when it, with the hand. Yep. When he loses his hand. Yep. That's that's his dad. Or yeah. his son. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, they Anakin both... is the father. Anakin is the father, yes. Wow. 
But uh, do you want to hear my list of creepy Anakin quotes? Yes, please. All right. I can sense everything going on in that room, which yeah. I guess is a force thing, but also the way he said it and, and mm-hmm. stuff is just like, come on, dude, that's a little creepy. And then... Uh, See, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't buy that they're in love. I buy that he's obsessed with her. In the same scene, he's like, she blacked out the cameras. I guess she didn't like me watching her. <laughs> oh, immediate ick. Just immediate. It's so creepy, dude. And he's like... I'd much rather dream about Padme. <laughs> he's like arguing with Obi-Wan or whatever. And he's like, he's like I, I'd much rather dream about Padme. And then later he's like, uh, like Padme and Anakin are talking. And he's like, this is the worst one. He's like, you haven't changed a bit. You're exactly the way I remember you in my dreams. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, man. come on, dude. And, okay, but I wonder if any of this would have been better pulled off if you could buy the chemistry between them right off. See, this is the thing, because I also wrote, like, um, Padme must actually love him because all the creepy vibes and stuff and all the lines and all the whining and all these different things going on, and yet you just let him kiss you all of a sudden. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think I would chalk this up to maybe bad, maybe bad writing slash bad acting. I think it's bad direction because – Yeah, I think that – I think that – is a culmination of like because I think the writing is not yeah. is not amazing in this one. Mm-hmm. I will say that much. I yeah. didn't like the dialogue on a lot of it was a little off, mm-hmm. and I feel like you're supposed to believe that they love each other. Yeah, but the acting like now like I, I remember saying in Phantom Menace, Natalie Portman just didn't didn't do well. She did a lot better in this one. Like I she like did. Natalie Portman in this movie a lot mm-hmm. more. Hayden Christensen, I'm I'm not a big fan of. You know what though. I feel like like Hayden Christensen is a really new actor, right? So this is like one of his very first roles. Uh, I think he had done something before this, but I can't remember what it was. But he's he's a very new actor. I don't think George Lucas, because he's the director, I don't think he did a great job directing him. Mm. Like because some of the lines, yes, they're very cheesy and creepy and stuff. But there there was moments like throughout this film where I was like, people got to give Hayden Christensen some credit. Like Hayden Christensen is the actor who played Anakin for anyone that didn't know that. But uh, people got to give him a little bit more credit because there are some scenes where I was like, that was well done. Yeah. He actually acted quite well. Like, especially um, there's one specific moment where I was like, that looked very genuine. Like he did a really great job pulling that off. Which Where uh, they were in the field and he's like riding that um, Mm. giant fat, shrew thing i don't alien know what bull. this yeah alien thing the uh, cow shrew and um he falls <laughs> off acts like he's dead and then he rolls over and he's laughing and everything yeah. it didn't look like a fake laugh at all i thought it looked no, that really looked, genuine that was that was a genuine that was one moment where i could feel okay I, there was some chemistry yeah. in that moment and then they started rolling around i'm like oh okay you lost me you had me oh, really? for a you had me for five seconds and then i'm like wait you never rolled around the field of flowers with a loved one <laughs> No, I've yet to actually do that. <laughs> um, I I thought that moment was actually really good. And yeah. there's a few others too. I can't like think of them anything off the top of my head. But there were some moments just with some like looks and the way he delivered some of the lines and stuff. I was just like, this is actually fine. Yeah. And it, it's really the lines where um, 
See, there's some of both. Right. Like he does tend to struggle with the lines where he has to be more passionate. Yeah, I was just gonna say I like Anakin when he's not when he's not dealing with the Anakin Padme storyline. Yeah, just Anakin alone. That's I like him. It. Actually, that's a great point. That's you what I'm what? saying. I don't. I just don't feel their chemistry together <sighs> is there at You're all. You're totally right. I love hearing when I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally right, though, because that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. All the scenes, other than that one I mentioned. Most of the scenes I can think of where, like, he did a good job acting, he was in very different situations. Him and Obi-Wan together? Like, you and McGregor and in not too Christensen? Bad. They were pretty good. Not too bad. There's some moments, but not too bad. Like, they were a lot um, better. You could still... Better. There was a lot of cheese. Mm-hmm. Like, but that's... Yeah, it's probably more the dialogue writing Yeah, at that like, point. A, a lot of time where it was, like... Um, where he says something like my very young Padawan, like I'm like it's it's a little mm-hmm. cheese. Like you're trying, but I can I can kind of forgive that because I'm like this is Obi Wan trying to yeah. be like the mentor to him, and he has to like hey, get your stuff together. You know what though? Like. If I had to judge like uh, Ewan McGregor, um, uh, like acting by just this one scene in the elevator in the be- very beginning of the movie where they're coming up in the elevator and Obi Wan and Anakin are talking mm-hmm. to each other. First time you see Anakin in the whole movie. Ewan McGregor's acting in that scene, not his best. He's kind of hit or miss in this movie, eh? I feel like he is. Mm-hmm. I feel like he had some some misses. And again, I blame the director because we yeah. all know Ewan McGregor is an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. He's good. I, I think w- it's the director. I think it's the yeah. directing, rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just there's, They should have done more takes. Like, you know, it's just like that was a bad take. They should have done another take. They didn't oh, do another take. I just looked this up right before we started recording, too. Mm. So the final draft of this script was done only, like, three months before filming was supposed to happen. Like, like, oh. he, like after Phantom Menace kind of got some really negative reviews, mm-hmm. George Lucas had a really hard time. From what I looked up, this could be really? Rumor, he made a lot of he, changes? But he had a hard time writing this one. He and he actually wrote out a lot of Jar Jar. <laughs> he actually, I think from what I looked up, he had somebody else help him write it. Mm. And so a lot of people only got, like... It was very like last minute. Interesting. They got their final scripts. Hmm. So I think I like, can see that. I think it was kind of rushed. Like which I can I can yeah. see having watched the movie and then looked that up. I can definitely see like there was some. Mm-hmm. And it's just the dialogue. It's not. Sloppy, it's yeah. not like the plot's bad. I actually think the no, plot's, the plot's very great. good. I I feel like Star Wars, the Star Wars franchise, you can pretty much bank that they're going to give you a good story. Mm-hmm. It's great story. Like I think, like the plot line is always going to be good, and they yeah. have a really good way of like driving the plot line mm-hmm. forward with every scene. Yeah, they do. They do. Like the the politics of Star Wars in this movie, they really get into some stuff and mm-hmm. stuff like the last one. They had some things going on too, but um, just the whole fact that um, Palpatine. They they really talk about, and I don't know if you caught all this. I definitely didn't catch all this until I think a lot of this flies much over my much head much until... later, but. Um, I really find the Star Wars politics really interesting, and I hate politics in real life, so that's that's kind of funny that I like it in Star Wars. But um, he's Supreme Chancellor, like Palpatine. So, like, he's the kind of the main guy who's – I don't know if you want to say he's, like, the judge, but he's basically, like, the um, delegator between all the different mm. um, delegator delegations from all the different planets and stuff in the Republic. And he somehow – like, he's so devious, and I, they do a really great job. He's so mischievous. Very much. They do a great job with this character throughout the whole franchise, honestly, of making, 
like just how evil and how devious Palpatine mm-hmm. is. And he's and always behind the scenes. Like he's never he's directly ahead. He's 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 directly affecting the plot. Oh yeah. But he's never doing it like out in the open. Like he's always yeah. like he has such a good way of just like yes. subtly dropping mm-hmm. in these things that he wants yeah. to happen. Most of like the damage he's doing, you don't even see it happening. It's just all of a yeah. sudden it's done. And you're not even supposed to know that he's Sidious at this point, are you? Like uh you get a vibe. Yeah. You definitely get the vibe that he's evil because like even Yoda um, there's a few times in the beginning of the movie where you can tell that Yoda's suspicious of him, but he's not like fully convinced that he's a Sith, mm. but he's convinced something's off. You can kind of see that look that they give they give Yoda that look, like yeah. where he's like, mm, I don't know about this dude. Yeah. But they made Palpatine, um, they gave him emergency powers. Another reason I hate Jar Jar. <laughs> As if I didn't have enough reasons to hate Jar Jar. Yeah, I hate him. You know, Jar Jar. But I can I can see him having him around to blame (laughs) stuff on. He must be smarter than he looks. If like Padme is trusting him to go like delegate to the council. You've probably heard this theory that that a lot of people think that Jar Jar is actually secretly also a Sith. It's a fan theory, but it's it's already just proven. I I don't think it's accurate, but it's interesting. Hmm. It would have been cool if they did that, but they didn't. (laughs) It's already so he's just basically their moments passed. There's no way that's possible anymore. But uh, at least in my opinion, as soon as I said that, it just reminded me of uh, in the Marvel movies. I think this was uh, Endgame when Rhodey is talking about Peter Quill, and he's like, "Oh, so he's an idiot." (laughs) Like that's what I'm thinking of. The way I said that was like, "Oh, so Jar Jar is just an idiot." Yeah, I don't like Jar Jar. Yeah. But it is kind of crazy because uh, you you know a funny thing though it's like and this again kind of plays to how Palpatine has been like subtly deceiving Anakin this whole time because Anakin makes a comment to Padme when they're in the field about how like a dictatorship would essentially yeah. be a better way to rule things. <laughs> He's like, as long as the guy's wise and stuff, if we pick someone that's really wise to make all the decisions. And everything, and then they joke about it as if it's like, "Oh, I was just kidding," kind of thing. But you can tell he wasn't really kidding. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the story you were telling me about your kids the other day. I was just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> but Palpatine, he's just—he just turned it into a dictatorship mm-hmm. by getting emergency powers. Yeah, like essentially, that's what happened. Because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, because he gave him emergency powers, he's like, "Okay, sure, let's get an army." So yeah. we're going to have a republic army. Doesn't matter who doesn't agree with this. We're having a republic army army now. And stuff, and we got like hundreds of thousands of troops, millions on the way, and stuff to disperse amongst the Republic. This I had another question about. Yeah. So, if Dooku is making all these droids for the Federation, uh, for the Separatists. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And Dooku is working with Sidious, who is Palpatine. Yeah. Why would Palpatine still want to make all these clones? Okay, so this is the this is the deep. Maybe I just mixed. Maybe I just missed this here. This is a very deep story thing. I was actually trying to like wrap around my head into like how to explain that myself. Because yeah. at first, I was actually I couldn't remember if Dooku knew about the clones actually because he was acting like he didn't the whole time, right? He's like, yeah, because that, that whole scene. Why I was, do they have an army? Because I don't remember any of this. I actually thought for a second like, oh, Dooku is just like. He's like a third party in this whole mm-hmm. war. Like there's mm-hmm. the there's the the Sith, there's the Jedi, and then there's the Separatist. Mm-hmm. And I I was like, oh, so they're just it's a three way fight. Yeah, as far as politics go, there's the Republic mm-hmm. and there's the Separatists. What about the Empire? 
Uh, that's not yet. Okay. Empire is in the next trilogy. Okay, the like the, the original trilogy. Yeah, the original trilogy. Oh, okay. So right now it's the Galactic Republic, or I think that's how you're supposed mm-hmm. to say it, the Republic and the Separatists. So the Separatists is the Trade Federation, which is like the Viceroy and stuff. He's the one who's making all the droids mm-hmm. and stuff. There's the Banking Clan and like a few other yeah, alien okay. people, so people and stuff. The people around that meeting. Yeah, Duke. the people around that, that table on like the bug planet, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all the people around that table, those were the Separatists, essentially. Mm-hmm. And stuff. So it's basically another political party is all it really is. It's mm-hmm. like another federation of planets, like another um, alliance between planets that's not. Oh, and all these solar the systems want to leave the Republic and join the separatist movement. Okay. No. <laughs> what? Isn't that what they were saying? Like they were saying we can have people, all these, all these ten thousands of solar systems are going to join our fight. Oh, they want that to happen, but they're yeah. not necessarily going to get everybody. Like, But that's essentially what's happening. Yeah, okay. It's like, if you want to think about it this way, it's like the conservatives and liberals. <laughs> and it's not It's not really, like, as far as beliefs go, it's not like that at all. But it's no. like two different parties. And instead of countries or instead of provinces or states no. or whatever, it's planets. That's the really cool thing about Star Wars. Like... Like erase all of the like the science fiction of it. These mm-hmm. could be real life stories. Yeah, just hyped up a bit. Yeah, it's really cool. Like that's what I like about Star Wars is like they're like I don't know. Like they, they dial it up to a ten kind mm-hmm. of, but they're actually like it's based on oh this could actually be a real political issue. Like the Clone Wars TV show goes so into all yeah. the politics and stuff, and I love it. After this movie, I really, I do really want to watch the show. All right. So I think, yeah, I think that's probably what we'll start doing next. We might start reviewing, like, sections of episodes or mm-hmm. whatever. But, um, but yeah. I'm kind of excited. Anyway, to get I really like now. all the politics of Star Wars. I think it's, I think that's something mm. this movie really introduced really yeah. well. Along that line, I was also going to say, like, I think this movie, more so than Phantom Menace, well, Phantom Menace gets it started, but, like, there's a lot of world building in this episode. There's a lot of world building. Like, it's there's, really like, good. you get into some different planets, mm-hmm. and you even learn, like, at one point, um, it's kind of subtly revealed that, like, oh, uh, Count Dooku was, um, or Qui-Gon would have been Count Dooku's Padawan, and Count Dooku was Yoda's Padawan. Like, is it really interesting to learn, like... Yoda trained Dooku. Dooku trains Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon yes. trains Ewan. Yeah. No, not Ewan. No, Obi-Wan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Obi-Wan trains Anakin. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. I like, it's... like, oh, like, there's a lot of, like, mm-hmm. character building yeah, within this whole world. A lot of history, lore, mm-hmm. whatever you want to yeah. call it. Yeah. Which is really interesting in this movie to see. Because I never, any other watch through, I've never caught a lot of that stuff. Oh, yeah? And I bet you if I go back again and rewatch all of them again, a third, fourth, fifth time, whatever, mm-hmm. I think I could always learn a new thing. I actually, I did forget that Yoda was um, Dooku's uh, master mm-hmm. and stuff at one point until I watched this again. And I, I just forgot about that detail. But um, yeah. The one thing, the other like uh, switching topics slightly, uh, the one thing I also just loved about this film is probably one of my favorite parts is Kamino. Like the cloning planet, mm-hmm. like the water planet and stuff. Just like, that race of aliens and like just the design of it all. It just is really cool looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I always just like, especially like as a kid watching that too, it was just like, this is so cool. Like it's yeah. this planet made of water and there's all these people with these huge necks 
and stuff walking around yeah. and uh, making the clones and stuff. It's just like the design of all of that and like the Kaminoan technology and all this stuff is just really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also fascinating how like they're able to kind of keep it a secret and just the lore of um, uh, what was the guy's name? The Jedi. Oh, um, hired Sifu, Sifu Deus, something like that. Oh, Sifu Deus. Yeah, Master Sifu Deus, something like that. Um, yeah, Master Sifu Deus was supposed to have, is the one who hired them and then he died like immediately after. And I can't remember like how all that went down, but a lot of that like backstory is explained in parts of the Clone Wars show. I, just, I really want to watch the show. Yeah, it's. It's really interesting. I can't remember all the details about it, but it's really fascinating kind of like how it all comes together and stuff. But I love the the design yeah. of all that. Even from just like a filmmaking perspective, it's like a really cool like world building stuff mm-hmm. that they did. Um, we were talking a bit about Anakin. I'm just going to circle back just yeah. for a second. So in my notes, I was like, so Anakin at this point, he's only 19. And he still seems kind of childish. Like we talked about, he's kind of like yeah. being a, a bratty teenager. A moody teenager. Um, but at the same, you get like, you get hints of him. He's wanting to be more of a grown up than he is, and you're like, he's mm-hmm. in this huge position of like he's training to be a Jedi, mm-hmm. and he's gaining all this wisdom from his teachings and whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's still, he's still kind of a kid because you, he's like. He's very emotional. Yes. And he's a, quite prideful, I would say, too. Mm-hmm. He was not ready to go on his yeah. own. He was not ready to go do this solo mission at mm-hmm. all. But wasn't it kind of like that was forced to happen because Obi-Wan had to do this and Anakin had, basically, somebody had to stay with Padme? Basically. And yeah. like... Which just makes me more sad for Anakin's whole story. Like, he's supposed to be the chosen one. He's supposed to be, like, the person that's going to, like, do all this good. Yeah. And at every turn, mm-hmm. that's misdirected. Like, he does a lot of growing up mm-hmm. over the course of these Clone Wars and stuff that happens. Like, there's, like, a few years, I'm pretty sure, that, like, take place over the Clone Wars and everything between this episode and episode three and stuff. So there's a lot of maturing that goes on, especially just, like, being in war mm-hmm. and stuff brings out a lot of no. maturity in someone. But, um, but yeah, in this movie, he's mostly just a whiny teenager for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is quite annoying. <laughs> Um, oh, what was I going to say? I think we've basically gotten into my favorite character here. <laughs> Who's your favorite character? All right. So, uh, spoiler, it's Anakin. Anakin in this movie is my favorite. Really? So here's the dichotomy of this. I okay. like Anakin's character. Uh-huh. I don't like who played him. Hmm. I'm not, I'm just, I don't know. Maybe it's just this movie. Okay, here, I will say this actually. In this movie, I don't feel like Hayden Christensen, Christensen mm-hmm. blah, 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 is fully settled in to the role yet. I agree. Um, he doesn't like. I gotta give him some props because there are certain things where like moments. he he does good. Like he does kind of do the same thing as Luke. Like he does kind of do the whiny thing. Yes. Um, I think in Re- Re- I cannot speak Revenge of the Sith. He seems a lot more settled mm-hmm. than he is in this one, and maybe it's just like. That also could be due to the fact that they got the script so late. And you know what, though? Part of me does wonder if that's intentional. Mm. Because there, there is something about how, like, you know when in episode one they're like, but he's too old to become your Padawan and stuff. And he's a 10-year-old kid 
or like a twelve year old kid or whatever, and they're already saying like, is a Padawan supposed to start like really, real, real, real young? Uh, as as babies, basically, <laughs> like they take them in as toddlers um, to start their training. Yeah. So are these usually so, people that like? I'm curious now about what what qualifies somebody to be trained as a Jedi. Like, are these people that don't have families and they're just kind of adopted? They're people that the are force sensitive. So there's a okay. lot of this is also explained in the Clone Wars. I'm going to keep bringing that up, but um, <laughs> I want to watch this show. Like the more you say, the more I'm just hyped to get into this. It's show. it's a great show. Um, but yes, basically, if a toddler becomes force sensitive, so like they can. Uh, they show signs of having, like, uh, being in touch with the Force. Um, usually, Jedi will be notified or they'll let the Jedi know or somehow Jedi find out. They show up with the family and talk with them and basically, like, hey, uh, let us take your kid because he has, like, a greater calling on his life. We're going to teach him how to be a Jedi and they take him away from the family forever. <laughs> so it's kind of sad, actually, um, how they get Jedis, but... <laughs> The only thing when you the way you said that just the only thing that ran through my mind was Jesus has a plan for your life. Yeah, <laughs> but he'll still let you see your family. Uh, it's like the force has a greater plan for you, but um, yeah. There's another yeah. comment I had about Anakin before we moved on. I can't remember what it was. To summarize what I was saying, I think. I like the character development in this one for him. Like you really see a lot of stuff start taking root in him. But I'm still just like I'm not totally sold on Hayden in this one. Yeah, but I can I can be forgiving. You're really gonna like the Clone Wars because yeah. Anakin's like character is really fleshed out in that show. And who does Hayden voice him or is it somebody no, else? Okay. Someone else. He actually kind of feels like a different character mm -hmm. in the show, to be honest, um, than he does in the movies. Um, mostly just than he does in Episode Two. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Who was your favorite character? Oh, okay. My favorite character, I mean, I mean, it's probably just Obi-Wan. Yeah. Obi-Wan's so great. Like, there's really not a lot of other characters, like main characters anyway, mm -hmm. that are kind of fleshed out in this movie other than Padme. Uh, it's basically like Padme, Obi-Wan, Anakin. Besides the Palpatine love story, Padme doesn't get a lot of, like, character development. I yeah, think. I mean, like you, you, you get a lot of it from. It's a decent amount of screen time, end. but yeah, you get a lot of it from the end of the first movie to like what mm -hmm. happens between the first and second movie. Like she becomes senator and she does all yeah. these things. Like you get behind the scenes. There's been a lot going on, but in the movie itself, I don't feel like she progressed a lot. I feel like you learn a lot about her motives. Yeah, in this movie, like, I feel like Anik's King just gaslit her into loving her, <laughs> into loving him. It it really doesn't make any sense how she fell for him. He's just whining the whole time he sees her and everything. She turned and off the cameras. Yes. <laughs> It's like, oh, gosh. And see, at one point, he, she literally was like, you're making me uncomfortable. Stop. All right. I was like, okay. But we've harped on that enough. Oh, you know who I could say is my favorite character? It's C-3PO, man. C-3PO is great. <laughs> he has some great comedic moments. Uh, I always love C-3PO, and he has some of my favorite lines in this movie that have always stuck with me. Um, all right, let's get to some quotes here because yeah. I got some C-3PO quotes. <laughs> Um, I think you have mine already down. Here, here's this this one. There's one coming up that I know is probably gonna be one of your favorites, but this is the one always stuck with me, and I don't know why. Die Jedi guards. What did I just say? 
Yeah, I love I that. Know, it's like it's I not like that. the most memorable quote, but for some reason, when I saw him say that, like you know, it's when Cynthia's head is yeah. on a droid body and stuff, and he's out there and he's like, "Die, Jedi guards!" And like, it's funny because I'm saying it out loud, and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem nearly as funny when I'm saying I it laughed. out loud. I laughed. I when laughed. I was a kid, I was like laughing so hard at that yeah. and everything. But um, now this one's probably gonna be your favorite. It's like this is such a drag. Yes, <laughs> he's being yes, dragged. Yes, exactly. By his head, by you know me so. R2-D2. And the follow up right after that <laughs> was when he, when R two D two like pulls him up right beside him. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm beside myself. Oh, I, I missed that. I laughed <laughs> so much. You know, the other funny thing is after R two puts him back together, like right at the end of that battle and everything, he's like, I just had the most peculiar dream. It's like, okay, I guess droids can dream in Star Wars world. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, man. R2 and D2 are, wow, R2 and D2. That was ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. One of my other favorite quotes. R2, D2 and C3PO. One of the things that, this is through all the movies. Now they have chemistry. Oh, absolutely. But, which is hilarious because one of them just beeps. (laughs) (laughs) They have more chemistry. They have more chemistry than Anakin and Padme. It's true. But one of my favorite, it's almost like a trope now because it's so classic, but is R2 and C3PO just walking through a barrage of bullets unscathed. Yeah. (laughs) Like that happens happens so so many times in so many of the movies. And it's one of my favorite things. Let's get into some of like your favorite, um, like action scenes and things like that. Mm, okay. So I will say for that, I told you before we start recording, in this one category of action sequences, I think that Phantom Menace was better. Hmm. Because okay. I kept waiting for something to like really, really hook me, like the like the pod race in the first one, or that fight between Darth Maul and Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. Like, all that was amazing. Top tier. Maybe not top tier, but quality. Chef's kiss. Great. <laughs> this one just, it, it it wasn't as much. At least until the at least until the bottom end of the movie, there really wasn't like. Yeah. There's not a lot of lightsaber fights. Yeah. There's, there's just, not as much action in this one. It's just, there's just, not. It's well, a good story. There's but, the one, actually. There's one really good one. Um, my favorite um, action sequence though was definitely the end fight with Dooku and it starts with uh, Obi-Wan oh, and yeah. Anakin fighting him and then Yoda Yoda's just that one was a bad lightsaber this fight. was in my notes yeah. Yoda's just a bad mamma jamma <laughs> I remember being so shocked in the theaters when all of a sudden Yoda starts jumping around like a frog yeah. and just like what he could do that the whole time I love that I love when he walks and he limps he's like eh yes eh. and all of a sudden he can jump eh. around and he just with, becomes like, super total... agility Use the force to have no old bones. Yeah. Um, force bones. <laughs> uh, one of the – I don't think it's that amazing of a scene, but the bounty hunter chase scene, you mentioned it earlier in stuff where mm. like in the very beginning of oh, the Oh, the assassin, right? Yeah, he's, he's going after the assassin and everything. Um, that scene – has a lot of special place in my heart. <laughs> I don't know why, but there's just some really fun moments and stuff. The electric guitar sound effects. So every time they're like going around, someone's like, mm. I, can't I even thought do that it was just supposed to be the engine. Oh, really? I, that's what I assumed. Oh, it's just like a sound effect mm. kind of a thing. Like, a, this is a musical sound effect, but I don't know. It's just like it really sticks in my mind mm. and stuff. And again, it's, it's the nostalgia. I noticed that too. It's the nostalgia. But um, one quick thing. 
directly after that scene. I have a fun fact for you. And also I have my favorite quote of the movie. It happens in this scene. The, when Obi-Wan goes and Anakin go into the bar and they're walking around and the uh, Obi-Wan goes to the bar, sits next to the guy and he's like, I was like, you want to buy some death sticks? You don't want to sell me death sticks. I don't, I don't want to sell you death sticks. sticks. You want to yeah. go home and rethink your life. I want I to go home and rethink my life. Yeah. <laughs> that I is classic. That. that is one that of the line. best Star Wars quotes of all time, in my opinion. I don't know why. Obi-Wan quotes are just so good. Yeah. Like, Obi-Wan has mm-hmm. some of the best quotes in the whole franchise. But that scene is perfect. And here's something crazy that I bet you you didn't catch. Jar Jar Binks is in this scene. What? Except it's not Jar Jar Binks. It's Amma. It's a. I can't even pronounce his name. Ahmed Best, the actor who plays Jar Jar Binks, is in the bar as himself. Hmm. Like he's just interesting. He's just like you know he's wearing like a costume or whatever, but he is like himself. Yeah. You can see him standing at the bar, and he shows up a couple times as basically just a guy who like looks over at what's going on, kind of a thing. But he's there. I was like, what? That's, That's cool. Ahmed Best. He's the guy who plays Jar Jar. Or whatever cool. he's in that scene. Fun fact. So that's a fun fact. Did you know that some of the members of the the band In Sync were supposed to have a cameo in this movie, but it was really? deleted. They're supposed to be Jedi Knights. Really? And it was deleted. You know what? I think I've heard about that. I wonder if that's true. Apparently, it's it may or may not be a rumor from what I've looked up. Hmm. But apparently. What happened was that they filmed this cam. Apparently, they filmed this cameo, and then people found out, and then they got rid of it. Oh, man. Apparently. Apparently. Another quote that I love, a little bit later in the movie, Kenobi again. This this one is not like one of those quotes like, oh, it's so memorable. I just think in today's day and age, like literally of what's happening in the world right now, this quote's really interesting. Because this is when Kenobi is sitting at the diner table with um, Dax, I think his name is. I can't remember. The big giant, like, alien chef guy or whatever, forearm guy. Um, He's like, well, if droids could think, there'd be none of us here, would there? Mm, That's scary. And right now, with AI, uh, robots can think now. So, sorry. (laughs) It's like artificial intelligence is here. Uh, robots can think for themselves, essentially. I mean, not fully for themselves. It's not quite like that, but essentially. Let's quit, let's quit while we're ahead. And it's like that, that quote didn't age well. <laughs> can we not unleash uh, Skynet on the world, please? Sure, let's do it. No, I don't want that. Yes, release all the AI robots right no, now. I'm good. My favorite quote, well, there was two. One was, I promise you, I will even learn to stop people from dying. Because it's like, dude, this is exactly the road you're headed down. Oh, man. Speaking of people dying, that scene is so sad with his mom. Yeah. That's the one where I'm like, Anakin, like, he really, like, uh, Hayden Christensen Mm -hmm. delivered in this scene. He did pretty well. He did pretty well. He did pretty well in that scene. That was really sad, though, man. Like... Mm -hmm. Uh, the one thing I don't understand about that whole thing, why the heck do a bunch of sand people want Shmi? Shmi's the name of the mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why did they even capture her? Why did they take her? Why are they torturing her? 
Why are they just like keeping her alive? Like, I have a very simple answer to for a you. wall. I don't get it. I have a very simple answer. Why? To drive the plot forward. Ah, uh, okay. That makes sense. That makes more sense. Other than that, I got nothing. Because it doesn't make any sense. Because uh, did you watch Boba Fett, the TV show? Nope. Because that has a whole bunch of con- like it. Half of that show is about them. Like the I can't remember the proper name for them. The Sand People. What's the other name for them? People of the Sand. Uh, what is it? I have it. I have it. I have it. Uh, oh, the Tuscan Raiders. Hmm. That's it. Tuscan Raiders. Sand People. The Tuscan Raiders have so much like um, development that happens in the Boba Fett show. Hmm. You really learn about them. You re- learn about their culture a little bit. You learn about what kind of people they are, what they do. In Boba Fett? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's the first time you ever learn anything about the Sand People is in that show. Mind you, that show is in the future, so they're kind of just coming up with all the stuff. But from what I know now, in hindsight, about that, like, those people, I do not understand what the heck their motivation was for keeping Shmi. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Hmm. Like, I realized that they would kind of just, like, kill for fun a little bit. They kind of, like, kill things that are just, like, in their zone and stuff like that. But why would they keep her? I just don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. They would have just like killed her. I don't think they would have mm-hmm. like tortured her like they did in this yeah. movie. Oh, I think I brought this up already. But one, I hate Jar Jar. <laughs> and two, yes, I did bring this up you already. You did. <laughs> when Jar Jar votes to give Palpatine all this power. Yeah. I think we talked about that. We right? did talk a little okay, bit about cool. that. I just I just wanted to reiterate. Hate Jar Jar. Okay. Couple of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Quickly, no, don't really no. have a lot of comments about them other than that I love them. The seismic charges are so friggin' cool with like the Obi Wan versus Jango Fett and stuff, where they're flying through space and he mm-hmm. releases those giant bombs. That kind of oh, like that was a great out. action sequence. Super cool. That was cool. Like the I like sound effects one, and everything. Mm-hmm. So cool. I love that scene. The seismic charges are my favorite. I love uh, Slave One. Is what the name of that ship is called. And stuff. Super cool ship. Extremely impractical. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense why they designed that ship to be like sideways. Like you know mm-hmm. how when it's docked at Camino mm-hmm. and Boba, who's the son, mm-hmm. has to like kind of like stand up on the seat to even look through the window. It's like, come on, that's just terrible design no. of the ship. Why that do is you, not ergonomic. Why do you need this ship? There's so many other types of ships that I feel like would be so much better. Than this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand what the benefit of having a ship in this design is, but it does look really cool. So, uh, other favorite scenes. I really love the factory scene where, like, um, Anakin and Padme are, like, uh, trying not to get, like, smushed by all the factory machines and stuff. And R2-D2. Oh, yeah. That was a great scene. All them stuff. That was really fun. And R2-D2 basically attempted murder on C-3PO. He pushes him off the ledge. Mm, okay. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And so R2-D2 is homicidal. When gotcha. I saw that, I was like, I realize these characters are kind of just getting to know each other, but it's so funny how R2 essentially <laughs> goes to murder him. He's just like, go he's along with the plan. Him. He's just pushing him off the ledge because he's in his way. He's trying to get over uh, to save Padme. Uh, R2 wants to go save Padme. And... C-3PO is in his way. So he's pushing him off the cliff. He's like, ah, you'll survive. And he just takes off. Who does R2 actually belong to? Uh, I think 
I think he belongs to Padme. He was on her ship. That was how he gets introduced. He's Padme's droid. What about in Phantom? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's Padme is the actual owner of the hmm. the droid. When I really think about it, because if if I think about like who has the most interactions with the droid, it's Anakin. Anakin is like the one who has, especially if you consider the Clone Wars and everything, like Anakin and R2 are a classic duo. Um, but I think it is Padme's droid technically. Okay. When I think I about just, it. Yeah, that's interesting to think about. I never really thought about it that way. All right. You want to get to, well, I guess we could talk about the arena fight too. <laughs> we kind of didn't even mention that whole scene. Oh yeah. That was, uh, I kind of, that whole scene, like from the, from the arena all the way to mm-hmm. the end fight, that was, that whole scene, that was my favorite action sequence. Oh yeah. Like that whole moment. I liked, loved all of it. I liked the part with like the uh, giant alien monsters and stuff going to fight them, and then like the three of them. Oops, I just hit the mic. Uh, the three of them like trying to survive and stuff. That part's really cool. Yeah. Once all the Jedi show up, I actually have some beef yeah. with that part. Yoda shows up with all the clones and rescues everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. He really. Should have sent out a message <laughs> to the rest of the Jedi. Be like, hey, guys, I'm actually on the way. I'm bringing a bunch of clones with me. So maybe just, like, wait a little bit longer before you all, like, burst out and get killed and stuff. Because I feel like half of the Jedi die hmm. in that scene. Like, so many Jedi die. No. <laughs> and it's like, if you just would have waited another five minutes. And I realized they were trying to go rescue the people, but they really had it under control for the most part. Like, I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Yeah. Uh, you know what? They were about to die. They had to step in. But that kind of reminds me of another quote. I think it was Windu that said, uh, we aren't, uh, we're supposed to be protectors of the peace. We're not soldiers. Mm-hmm. So it kind of shows you like, oh, they're kind of losing their, their way a little bit too. They are. Yeah. The Jedis definitely have moments where it's like, who is the real good guy here? Who are you? All right. Now we're getting to the part of the show where we're going to do something a little new here, uh, or maybe not, depending on what happens. A little happens. new for our third episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, ratings. We Normally, we like to give movies a uh, rating out of 10 and stuff and just kind of, you know, just give it our general rating. Uh, John and I were talking, and we thought, why don't we kind of rate the different categories? Because the one thing... I always talk about movies is there's always parts you love. There's always parts you don't like. There's this aspect that's great, this aspect that's not so great. Mm -hmm. And just giving it a big general rating is sometimes not even fair to certain aspects of the film. Um, So, Well, I will say there's some parts that I I rated real low. Yeah. There's some parts that I rated real high. Same. On this one. Same. So let's go through some different categories. And John is going to give our quick thoughts and our rating. And I feel like for some of them, we're going to have very different ratings because there's certain oh, things probably. you're going to be real more invested in than I am. Yeah, absolutely. Visual effects. Yeah. How would you like to rate the visual effects overall for this okay. film? So here was my thought process. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the time that this movie came out in. Yes. And so I can be a little, I could be forgiving because to this day in 8th Standard, it just wouldn't hold up very well. Yeah. But from when it came out, I gave it a, a good 7 out of 10. Yeah. I also gave it a 7 out of 10. Oh. 
Interesting. I had similar thoughts. I, I thought, like, because of, like, when this came out is pretty cutting edge. 2022. No, not 2022. 2022. <laughs> 2002. 2002. Like, wow, is that really, like, 21 years ago? 20. Yeah. Holy Whoa. crap. <laughs> man, that's Weird. crazy to think about. Don't, um, don't like it. Man, 21 years ago. Wow. Um, visual effects. I thought the clones were just okay. Like that was the part that looked the most CG to me because every single clone you see in this film is CG. There's no clone costumes, like physical mm-hmm. clone costumes that were made for this film at all. Every single You mean clone. like the white the white mm-hmm. stormtrooper suits? Yeah. Before they were? Stormtroopers yeah. clone, before they clone were? Clone troopers oh, suits. Oh, sorry. Excuse me? There is um, no storm yet. <laughs> there's no stormtroopers yet. I am the storm. The clone trooper suits are all 100% CG characters. There is zero hmm. physical clone suits made for this movie. I thought they looked pretty good in that case then. I didn't there, know. Certain scenes, they look better than others. Um, the I thought that the monsters that they fought in the arena were actually really great. Yeah. yeah. Those, those look great. They look great. There, there's a lot of aspects of the film I actually thought was pretty good. Even mm-hmm. like, you know, all the way to now. Some of this stuff looks just as good as some other stuff I've seen in modern day. And then other stuff, you know, not so much. Um, but you know, it wasn't like blowing out, me out of the water or anything with the effects, but pretty good. Yep. A seven out of 10 story slash like the plot. Mm. So like the main yeah. story plot of the film overall yeah. out of 10, what are your thoughts? What do you give it? So I already talked about a bit, so I don't have yeah. much to say, but Star Wars seems to, from what I've from what I've seen, Star Wars always delivers on a good story. I agree. In my opinion, all the movies I've seen, I've liked them all. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it a good, and I could even bump this up, but I'm gonna stick with because of other other movies. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I also gave it eight out of Whoa. ten. Whoa. <laughs> okay. What if we? What if all of them are the same? I'm gonna really think that's hilarious. I also gave it eight yeah. out of ten. I love the story. I I really think the storyline was my favorite part of this movie. Yeah. Like I, I've already sh- I've already told you I have beef with a lot of the acting, mm-hmm. a lot of the. But like like you said a bunch of times, I'm I'm more now leaning to the fact that maybe it wasn't great direction. Yeah. And I also like with the tidbit I brought up, like I think it was just like a late a late script. Yeah, I I so. yeah I really really love the story of this movie even more mm-hmm. so. There's moments that I love from the Phantom Menace, like Episode One. There's a lot of moments that I really mm-hmm. enjoy in that movie. The overall plot of Episode One, not really that important to the overall franchise. Like there's some parts of it, like half of that movie is important. The other half, you could throw it out and nothing would change in Star Wars. Whereas this film. Basically, everything that happens is pretty crucial to the plot. Like, oh, this movie, I, I felt a lot more than the first one that this really drives a plot forward a lot more. Absolutely. I thought, I thought this movie was really well done. I thought the, like, as far as like the story goes, the story Menace was kind of lingers a little too long on certain things. It does. There's a lot of like nonsensical things yeah. that were added that were fun, but they aren't moving the story forward. Um, all right. Acting. Acting is always a challenge in any Star Wars film (laughs) because there's always a mix of really solid, good actors and actors who weren't given justice with, like, the proper takes and then just some people who were just struggling. Um, Phantom Menace has much worse acting (laughs) than this one. That that really was a clincher for for the ring. I had trouble... Like deciding yeah. on a number for this. You go first this time. You want me to go first? Yeah. I, I'm cheating a little bit here. 
I gave it a 5.5. Whoa, okay. I'm surprised. I was very generous. What'd you give it? I'm going to change it right now. No, what'd you give it? I gave it a 7, and I'm really wanting... I really want to change it to a 6 now. I'm going to do it. I'm Because, like, I thought this was just above middle of the road for me. Like, there's no performances... It's officially a 6 now. Yeah. There's no performances in this movie that I can think of that are, like, stellar. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no standouts. There's no standouts. There's nothing I could think of. It's like that performance throughout the whole film was super awesome. Every single actor in this movie had some flop moments, I feel like. I'll say maybe the only one for me that didn't was maybe Samuel Jackson. Okay, but he had barely any screen time. True. As far as like main characters go, to to like I, he's essentially a decently main character, but he's not a main character in this movie anyway. And number three, he's a lot bigger of a piece to the plot, but he's a pretty minor character in this movie. As far as main characters go in the acting, like there's some side characters I guess I could comment mm-hmm. on. Like Palpatine was also pretty good. Um, but as far as all the main characters go, I thought everybody had a lot of scenes where they weren't so great. People had some scenes that they were really good. Ewan McGregor definitely held his own for majority of the film. Natalie Portman did fairly well for the majority of the film. Hayden Christensen had a lot more scenes that weren't great than they had scenes that were great in my opinion. (laughs) So maybe even 5.5 is a little harsh. I almost want to kind of bump it to a six, but, um, maybe I should. Maybe we shouldn't do points. Are we doing points or are we not doing points? Um, For these ratings, I didn't. Okay. I'm just going to... But you do whatever you want. I'm going to switch to a six. Okay? Because some, some of it wasn't that bad. Like, it's not, like, terrible. Anything below five would be not good. I wouldn't say it was, like, overall not good, but it wasn't great. I don't know. Yeah. Six out of ten. I'm changing my answer. Six out of ten. That didn't really affect my overall rating so much, but I had to do it. For my own peace of mind. All right. I had to. Next category. There's only six categories, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sound design slash score. So like the music and sound effects. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to bring something up. Mm. Which feeds into score. Okay. Did you notice during the scene right after when Anakin comes back and he tells Padme that he killed all the all the sand people? Mm-hmm. The Darth Vader theme starts playing. Yes. And I'm like, oh, okay, instantly got to give this, like, a good rating. <laughs> it's an homage. So I gave this. I gave sound design and score, I gave it an eight. An eight? Yeah. Okay. Mostly I... because I don't know sound design as much yeah, as you, yeah, but yeah. I liked the score. I loved the sound effects. Like, yeah. the sound design as far as, like... Are you talking about, okay, when you say sound design slash score, are you talking mm-hmm. about, like, all the lightsaber sounds, all the, like, the engine noises of the mm-hmm. of the... Mm-hmm. Space roomies. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any words right now. noise. Mm, like okay. kind of like it's sound design is the sound that like immerses you into the experience. Okay. So it's a combination of the music and the sound the sound effects, yeah. like the environment, all that stuff. Stuff I that kind of just pulls you in. in. Um, I, I, I would st- – with that, yeah. I'll still give it an 8 out of 10. As far as the music goes, like the actual score, there wasn't any tracks – in this film that stick in my head from this film. All the music was Just the kind Darth of... Vader track for me. That's about it. But that wasn't mm-hmm. original. Imperial March, whatever. Yeah, but that's not original to this film. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm thinking, like, this movie's score, which that is technically part of the score, but it doesn't have any, like, standalone tracks. Like, if I think of Phantom Menace, whoo, I would have put it 9 out of 10. 
for for score because like sound design score the incredible sound design incredible score the um oh my gosh i cannot forget the name of this song duel of the fates duel of the fates is one of the best star wars songs of all time and that's from episode one can you name a single song from this movie um intro no, uh, okay. <laughs> exactly. A lot of the songs are like they're good, but it's just general Star Wars music. So that kind of brought it down a little bit for me. It's not bad. It's still good score. It's just not like it doesn't stand out. You know what I mean? Sound design, though, Boba Fett's uh, seismic charges, the sound effects when those go off and how it like gets quiet for a second. And then it's just like, boom, it kind of like rings out and everything like that's mm-hmm. so cool. Just like Camino and everything. Like I love the sound design in this film. Really, really fun. Really cool. Even like the sound of the uh, blasters for like those bug creatures, how they have like those like disruption blasts where they're kind of like go out in a ring and everything. I thought that was like really cool how they like uh, made all that. I just I enjoy that kind of stuff. Seven out of ten. For sound design? Yep. Yeah, I get it. Seven out of ten. I love the sound effects. Music brought it down for me. So, um, 7 out of 10. Pretty good. Character development. Yeah. I don't feel like we need to say a lot about this. We've already said yeah, a ton. We have. We've talked a lot about character um, development. So, Anakin is really the only, a, lo- a big portion of what fed into my rating for this. Uh-huh. Because, like I said, I have, a, I have a love-hate with Anakin in this movie. Yes. Same. Um, I gave it character development. I gave a 9 out of 10. What? You gave it a nine? I, I was very generous with character development. Holy character China. development is like my, like between that and story plot, mm-hmm. like plot in a movie, those yeah. are two are my big ticket things. Like huh. that's what I go see a movie for. Yeah. So. Yeah. If a movie has terrible character development, it ruins the whole like, movie. I gave it a nine because I can really see like where he's coming from. And I like, yeah. I can see in his mind. He he thinks he has justifiable reasoning for what he's doing. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I agree that there's good character development in this film. I just don't think it was like there. There's a lot of questions still, which they're gonna answer some um, in the movies. But Padme specifically, and you mentioned this. Like, she didn't have really any character development. Not a besides whole lot. like and, in between the first and, and second. And movie. honestly, you never really get much more. Yeah. You never really get much more with her. But Anakin was developed a ton. I totally get that. Anakin really was the only one that was developed. He, Honestly, he was. You know, about a- everybody else didn't really have a whole lot you learned about them. I'm going to hold to my score because I really loved his development. Yeah. But. Like, like Owen McGregor. Or, I, like, I do. I'm so tempted to bring it down some, but. What was your score? Seven out of ten. Okay. So not bad. Yeah. Good. It was good. I, I think there was some good, genuine, important character development in this film for most of the characters. Um, was it like, did they like really dive into like a lot of the characters and really help you understand a lot of the characters motives as best as they could have? No, I do not think so. I think I really wanted to know more information about the history between Palpatine and Anakin. I really wanted to know more about that. And we literally still do not know any more about that to this day. Um, I really want to know more about Padme and like, does she even have parents? Where are they throughout this whole thing? <laughs> because no. you learn about the parents of Anakin. Mm-hmm. That's a whole plot point. 
what about her parents? Why aren't they concerned about her almost dying constantly and things? Like you just you don't get anything there. And for all the super fans out there, I do know that there's some deleted scenes with the parents. I watched them. They suck. I'm glad they didn't <laughs> keep them into the film. Um, but like it would have been cool to at least have a little bit more information about Padme specifically because she is basically one of like the three main characters of this film. Um, so yeah, seven out of 10 script writing and dialogue. So this is kind of, it's not the plot. This is the one where I'm going to be vicious. Yeah. At least to explain, like when we were coming up with categories, we we're trying to come up with stuff and there's always this like thing that we talk about when we talk about movies and it's dialogue. It's not the plot. It's not the story, but it's like the lines. Mm-hmm. It's like how they, how they wrote in yeah. what and characters I think, are I think doing. Overall, these six, I think we've really have a a decent like encompassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, like what 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 really matters to both of us in these movies? Yeah, if you some can think of other categories that you think we should be covering, yeah, let us know. Yeah. Um, but for script writing and dialogue, we have talked a lot about. Yeah, the dialogue. I don't think we need to say too much. No, more. we don't need to say too much more. Uh, I gave it a four out of ten. So did I. <laughs> but what a ten. Four out of ten. Not good. Not the worst it could have been, but could not have, good. Could have been a lot better. Could have been a lot better. <laughs> Four out of ten. All right. I, I got to refactor my scores because I... I feel like we're going to round out to almost the same score here, dude. You're probably going to be higher than Woo! me. I don't know. I figured it out. I'm at, I'm at an even seven. Even seven? Yep. Yep. I'm 6.5. Okay. Wow. I like this movie more than you. I'm surprised because I okay. like this movie, but I didn't. It's definitely okay, I will say I was kind of hard on. I feel like I was kind of hard on this movie in this whole podcast episode, but I didn't hate it. I liked the movie. Yeah, there's. Just, I had some, some because I was I was watching it this time to critique it. Mm-hmm. Like if I was just gonna watch it just to enjoy it, mm-hmm. I'd like it. It's a great mm-hmm. movie. I enjoy this movie, but because I was watching it to critique it, there was a lot of things I picked up on. And I really, really yeah. – one thing with this podcast I don't want to happen is I don't want to go into every movie and critique it. Yeah. I don't want this to be the big complain podcast. Yeah. We're not here to just complain about the films. Yeah. I do want to talk about the stuff we love about and I think them as we've, well. We've, we've, we have sh- – we have shed. We have said <laughs> a lot of things that we did like about yeah. the movie. And that was a – I do think it was overall a good movie. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I, I enjoy this movie. I think 6.5 is probably – a good representation. Yeah. I think seven out of ten is a good representation yeah. for me. So I like this was a good idea. I like the way we rated this now. Instead yeah. of just like a blind rating, I yeah. like that we had different an average of all mm-hmm. the things. So together, this makes the Millennial Falcon Star Wars Episode Two Attack Official of the Clones rating. six point seven five yep. out of ten. And I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's a fair we rating. should go we should go back and like re rate Phantom Menace. Yes. I definitely want to. But um, that's the story all for right, another well, day. That is another episode of the Millennial Falcon in the books. That wraps it up. Goodbye, millennials. <laughs> oh, what an abrupt <laughs> ending. Okay, bye. Yeah, we're going to figure this out later. Bye. Yeah. May the force be with you.